Hello. Welcome back to Junior High. I forgot I had a podcast. I'm so sorry. What happened there? A lot's been going on. I'm going to get into it all. Let me just get my shit together right now. Okay. Um, how are you doing? Are you okay? Is everyone doing okay? All right. Sorry. Lots been going on. Um, a lot of change happening. Do you guys feel like the pace of life is speeding up in a way that is making you uncomfortable? I just feel like we, it's just like this whole back to normal thing is, it's not, it's not sitting with me quite too well. Um, not that I really am going back to normal, but I, so my life has been really busy lately. I, every person I know is getting married <laughs> and I'm, I've been like bachelorette party, bridal shower, you know, every weekend I've been away, um, going away this weekend and it's just a little bit stressful. It's, it's a lot going on, a lot of change happening. I started this podcast, obviously, which was, you know, a huge thing for me, um, to, to, to be putting myself out there a little bit more. And, you know, I don't know if I've talked about this in an episode yet, but like, I feel like I've been sitting in a room for 27 years. Like I, I haven't put myself out there a lot in my life. And that's something I'm sure I'll get into at some point. Um, especially in the last, like, I, I would say like my twenties. Um, cause when I was younger, I definitely was more like gregarious and outgoing. And then something happened in my twenties where I just became a little bit more introverted. And, uh, it's a lot of factors, I think, but doing this podcast has been um, a big change for me. And I also recently started doing stand-up comedy, which is, <laughs> oh man, it's it's like, it's so fun. Like I actually am so enjoying it. Like I love, I love writing jokes. Like I think that is the funnest part for me is just like writing. And then the performance aspect of it is more of a challenge, I think, for me and my anxiety and my many different forms of anxiety that have begun to rear their ugly head. I actually, confession, whenever people start talking about mental health, which quote unquote, um, I don't really believe in, I don't like the term mental health because I don't think it, it accurately describes what the problem where the problems exist because they exist in the body anyway um whenever people started talking about like depression and anxiety I honestly thought you guys were making this anxiety stuff up like I I didn't believe you <laughs> I didn't think it was real I totally understood depression totally totally felt like it was the realest thing in the world uh but anxiety I was like you guys you guys are so annoying just stop caring just why do you care so much just I can't imagine I've caring so much that about something that affects the way my body works. Here we are, absolutely eating our words years later. Uh, yeah, I've been dealing with a lot of anxiety. <clears throat> I want to get into it because uh, what's been going on the past couple weeks. Um, <sighs> where to start? Okay, I guess so. Mm, I've just been dead asleep the last couple of weeks, dead, dead asleep. And the process of awakening is waking up to, you know, all of these truths about our existence, the truths about this game that we are in. And then we sort of, we fall back asleep. And what happens when we fall asleep is like we deal with aspects of our programming that um, maybe don't align with the way that we want to be living our lives. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I'm also kind of sick right now. So sorry if I sound weird. I don't think it's COVID, but who's to say? Um, <laughs> my immunity is, is certainly waning. Uh, that's fine though. It's going to be fine. <laughs> Carrie, can we just, can we have a linear thought? Can we just one, once in our lives have just a linear, coherent thought? Um, I want to warn you right now, this episode might be a little bit preachy. It might be a little bit of me yelling. And the only reason it sounds like that is because I'm telling myself this stuff. Because like I said, I've been dead asleep the last two, two and a half weeks. And let me just explain what that has been like. So as I mentioned, I started doing stand-up comedy. 
the anxiety has been so overwhelming. And despite the fact that I'm enjoying this thing, despite the fact that I'm wanting to continue it, I'm constantly battling this anxiety. And really what it is, is is social anxiety. So I go to these mics and I'm like, pretty comfortable on stage randomly like the the actual performance element of it is is pretty fun and and I enjoy it but then I go to sit back down and have to actually converse with people and um that part is (laughs) so difficult for me I don't know what happened I don't know who hurt me but I can't seem to get it together enough to build a fucking relationship um other thing that's been going on, I'm going to get into this a little bit later in the episode, but I have been dealing with a uh, false god. I have I, t- a pattern in my life that I actually sort of forgot that I did, um, is that sometimes when I meet someone or I see someone and I think they're really cool, I actually decide that they are better than me, that they are superior to me, and that they are my god and I worship them. <laughs> um, it's It's... Something I think that served me in the past, maybe when I was dissociating um, in my childhood, I would often just like look to like celebrities, especially, and I would like make them into these like larger than life figures that, you know, if we were to meet one day, we would be like best friends or we would date or we would fall in love. And I would, I would, I would create like a whole persona around someone that I don't even know. Um, and I've been doing that lately in a in a very unsettling way, and like it never used to affect me this way. But the I think now knowing who I am and and knowing stuff about the universe, um, it's a very uncomfortable feeling that I'm needing to uh, I'm needing to curb this this habit because what happens is I'll pedestalize someone and deify someone, and then immediately I feel like shit about myself. Obviously, because I'm basically internally saying that this person is more important than me. This person is better than me. This person is superior to me. I bow down to them. Uh, it's cra- It's like, it's, yeah, it's not healthy. Um, and I'm noticing the ways that my body is responding to it. My stomach gets so, gets in complete disarray. Um, I think like maybe it has to do with like my root chakra and not feeling grounded in myself when I'm constantly looking for this other person to give me validation like when they don't even know who the fuck I am like I'm constantly like checking my social media to see if they've like engaged with my fucking post it's it's just it's it is so not based in reality and it is such a it's like something that I'm just battling I feel like every day um it's gotten a little bit better and I honestly yesterday as I was prepping for this podcast I was like oh shit I forgot that like I have gifts and talents and I forgot that I'm have like a role here and responsibilities that I'm needing to uphold because I've just been so busy concerning myself with the opinion of this person who again is irrelevant to my life literally irrelevant to my life so one way um one way that this whole dynamic has been manifesting is uh has to do with something I learned that there was a term for last week uh it's called maladaptive daydreaming (laughs) which is the most hilarious like I don't even think it's in the dsm5 or whatever um but it is some it is like a a thing and it's basically when you are you you struggle to participate in reality because you're so busy tending to the meticulous uh outlandish fantasy landscape of your mind um this is something that i learned how to do as a child i've as I've, as I've been doing it these past couple of weeks, I, I almost like forgot the feeling of this because it had been so long. I I um, have spent the last probably like six months in pretty close isolation, I would say. I mean, I've, de- I've done stuff. I've been social. I've obviously, like I mentioned, I've been having to like go to a bunch of like weekend trips and stuff. But in my day-to-day life, I've been really trying to – I've been in hermit mode, honestly. Um, dealing with some stuff, dealing with myself, working on myself – and it hasn't been until I've exposed myself to these external stimuli um, that I have I have sort of reverted back to this coping mechanism I used as a child to dissociate, which is escaping into the imaginal, escaping into the fantasy landscape that is obviously way more fun and exciting than real life. 
Uh, if you've ever been in your imaginal space, you understand that it's it's especially like as a writer, as an artist, I think these are these are impulses that can be used productively and be channeled into art and product or whatever. Um, I don't even like to call it product. That's disgusting. But anyway, these are things that can be used productively. But instead, sometimes they can be if you don't channel them, they just get stuck in the body and then you start to like go insane essentially (laughs) um so that's what's been happening to me uh I spent an entire 48 hour weekend um fully fully submerged like it felt like I was being buried in um in a in a daydream like it felt like I couldn't escape it like every time I would try to wake you know when you are when you have when you're like um sleep paralysis it felt like sleep paralysis where I would wake up and I'm like I get that I'm in this crazy daydream place right now I get that I'm not living in reality but I can't seem to like claw my way out of it um and it felt very like oppressive sort of uh and luckily it's it has eased up a bit and I've been a little bit able to to refocus and redirect my energies but Jesus fucking Christ it was it was a lot for a second there a lot of times when we go to sleep um I don't mean literally asleep I mean like uh, asleep in being awake. <laughs> That's going to make no sense to anyone. Um, in this process of awakening, when we fall back asleep, I think the function of that is usually to deal with a part of our programming that isn't, is not in alignment with our belief systems, with these things that we've come to be aware of in our consciousness. Um, these are things that I know this this might sound a lot like gibberish to you right now, and I'm going to get into stuff in just a second. So just be patient with me. Um, so I've been also just doing a lot of trauma clearing. I've been uh, in deep on some stuff that I have honestly been neglecting for the last 10 years. Um, some trauma stuff that I don't really want to get into, but is, you know, difficult. I've just been in, I've been in a, honestly, some, some grief, um, some processing and some healing work. So that's sort of like the, the cliff notes version of what's been going on. Um, been really busy, got a new job, um, been trying to recalibrate my, my life and my work-life balance and, committing a little bit more time to uh to some work and also maintaining a level of responsibility around these things that I want to be doing this podcast writing stand up etc um so all of that is happening at one time and it's it's a lot of stimuli and I've always been someone who's very sensitive to stimuli um so it's just been it's been an interesting time I'm glad to be back though glad to be back here at junior high where we're just learning we're just learning here Okay. How did you dissociate as a child? Just curious. Let me know in the comments below. (laughs) How did you dissociate as a child? One of the things that I used a lot as a child to dissociate was The Sims. I loved The Sims. Uh, I remember so vividly like getting my first, um, getting my first game. And I remember it was like, I think it was rated like M for mature because there was like sex and violence and stuff. But I somehow convinced my parents to let me get it at age like 10 or some shit. Like I was, I was probably too young, but you know, that was part of the fun. Um, I remember as a child, my life felt like kind of boring. Uh, and I remember like wanting to pass the time. It was almost like I was waiting to like grow up and be able to make my own decisions um, and instead of actually like taking any agency in the here and now, I just decided to dissociate into these various other landscapes. So like the daydreaming books were a big one for me. <laughs> Nerd alert. <laughs> okay, sorry, I regret that. Um, <laughs> and then The Sims. And I actually feel like The Sims was a really amazing tool to have as a young person because now as an adult learning about the simulation that we are in the game that we are in it's it's been helpful to have the sims as a template and the sims has been such a template for me in my understanding of 
what this game is, where we are, what is Earth, why, why we are here, and what are what are the hacks to actually um, living in sovereign autonomy. Uh, yeah, we're getting into it today. I know the last three episodes have been a little bit like not super higher dimensional. Um, and I think I want to get into some of the higher dimensional stuff, even though, God damn, it is hard to talk about. Like the l- using language to talk about this stuff, it can be so difficult. And it also sounds, I don't know, it's not always it's not always the easiest thing to navigate. But I also just I think I'm not very good at it yet. So I'm trying to be like Russell Brand. Russell Brand knows words really well. He's so good at communicating. Um, okay, so I'll talk about The Sims and how this relates to my understanding of the simulation. So when I first came into, I, I came into awareness of, of well, I'll say the first time I learned, like, you create your own reality, we live in a hologram. My sister started talking about this probably, like, 10 years ago. And I, I was super like unaware. I was, I was, she would tell me this stuff and I'd be like, okay, shh, like, stop. I don't, I don't know what you're saying. Like you sound crazy. Um, and she would always be like, we live in a hologram. We live in a hologram. And, uh, I'm like, don't know what that means. Don't think I need to try to find out yet. And then late last year, actually around this time last year, I started listening to a podcast, um, called Soberish by Jessa Reed, who's a comedian. And Jessa, basically, uh, this podcast is just bad Jessa Reed cosplay, I'm pretty sure, um, <laughs> which would make her deeply uncomfortable. Um, but I, I just, I look up to her so much. She's been like my, she's been a big teacher for me when it comes to all this stuff. And uh, I honestly feel like if you're interested in seriously learning about manifestation and the nature of reality, etc. Just go listen to Soberish. Um, I recommend it. It's better than this podcast, that's for sure. Um, just a little self-deprecation for your Wednesday afternoon. Um, yeah, so I don't know if anyone actually ever said this to me, but my understanding of awakening was learning that uh, I had been living my life as a sim, okay, as as a 3D, the carnal, the visceral experience of being a sim, of reacting to your environment, of sort of taking orders from an unknown entity, um, kind of operating on like a level of autopilot where there was no real intention or consciousness around my choices, uh, I'm, I was reacting from a place of trauma a lot of the time and, you know, Sims don't know that they're in a simulation. You play the Sims and they are completely oblivious to the fact that someone is playing this game. You know, they are just, they are just avatars that we use to fuck around in the game. So it's been helpful for me to look at Earth as a simulation and then, the awakening process is uh, awakening to the fact that you are both the sim and the person sitting in the chair at the computer playing the game. And so the game is all about finding ways to connect between your avatar self and your higher self, the person who has the bird's eye view, the person who is omniscient, who has plans and who can make decisions from a from a conscious place, not from a visceral, carnal, sort of reactive place, if that makes sense. Everyone's like, what? So I think what's happening right now in our society on a collective level is that we individually as Sims are turning around to the screen. Imagine if your Sims would turn to the screen and be like, who are you? Speaking to the person at, at the computer. Obviously, that has never happened. I mean, I think like when they get really hungry, they'll like freak out at you. Um, But they don't actually know that they're talking to anyone. Um, And so I think collectively we are we are awakening. This this much is obvious. Um, Collectively, we are understanding that this game uh, is programmed by us. We program the game and we can change the rules at any point we can change the dynamic at any point. And I think like the biggest way that 
I think we're seeing this is with like the great resignation and the ways that people are just opting out of of this and they're saying you know you don't control me in this way anymore like so this much is this much is just obvious we are we are collectively awakening we are ascending in consciousness we are becoming the game is becoming aware of itself the people the avatars are becoming aware that they are actually gods and that we are each the gods of our own reality and there's uh, a couple of there's a couple of things I feel like this is not entertaining at all, but I'm just going to say my shit and move on. A couple of things. Features of the game. Okay, so basically, you know how in The Sims you have like the main game and then you have like all the expansion packs? So I feel like we're getting every new dimension of... uh, Every new dimension of reality that we get to understand is like a new expansion pack. And so I hope my hope for this podcast, honestly, is that it it's sort of like give giving you a new expansion pack for for what this reality is, for how to navigate it. And um The Sims live in large, you know? We are we are going to be entering a brand new paradigm in which everyone will have autonomous sovereign control over their own realities and it will be in harm it will be in harmony with one another because everyone will recognize each other's sovereign autonomy as well um i think you know we're not there yet we still have a lot we have a long way to go when it when it comes to actually understanding these concepts and um and actually integrating them. It's one thing to understand something intellectually. It's another thing to integrate it. And I mean, I am someone who has for the past year been living and operating under the the general co- concept that I control my own reality, that I am a god of my own reality, and that everything in my existence um, was put there by me. However, you know, it doesn't always look that way. It doesn't always feel that way. And this is not something that you can just intellectually understand and then all of a sudden it's in your life and you're completely actualized. No, this this is a process that takes time and the information is just the first step in this process. So I want to talk about features of this game. I want to talk about features of this new expansion pack that we are getting. The Sims live in large because we're about to be living much larger and much more fun and exciting than we have ever experienced. We are about to be completely unplugging from the collective bullshit that we have been indoctrinated to believe everyone's like medicate this bitch um (laughs) okay so features of the game number one everything is a mirror everything is a perception everything that is in your life is refracted through the perception of you through your dna through your experiences a lot of times through your trauma especially trauma that has not been healed and and resolved and healing trauma is not something that ever really like ends i feel like so it's not like all of a sudden you're healed and now you are like a completely like clear i mean i think the goal is to become a clear channel how do i say this to become a clear channel to uh see things as they are not as the not as how your stories would have you believe um but you know we are on this journey we're on this in this process of 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 maybe someday becoming that but in the process of it it's like the recognition that whatever it is that you are perceiving it is being perceived through you and then projected out of you into your into your experience so to me, this is unity consciousness. Uh, unity consciousness is something you can Google. Um, it's also sometimes called Christ consciousness or oneness. It basically is this idea that we are all part of a whole. We exist as an, an a symbiotic ecosystem wherein one, um, it's like the awareness that we are all one and that everything is ultimately love and everything is ultimately just an expression of the universe. We are each individual and distinct expressions of the universe. And when I think, I think where for me, where this becomes useful to understand is 
in my tendencies to either judge or deify. So I think judgment is a really big one. Anytime I find myself in judgment of someone or something, it is like a huge red flag for me. I'm like, all right, what needs to be healed? All right, here's here's something. Here's something that I will say. I have a tendency to go on social media and start judging everyone. <laughs> I especially there's people like from my college and stuff who are just I think I think that I think that a, a big category of people that I judge is like a basic bitch. <laughs> like if I see a basic girl posting with a pumpkin, all right? That's a great example. It's fall. It's hot girl fall. Wait, what is it? Sad girl fall? I think for me it's it's sad girl fall. Christian girl fall. Whatever you want to call it. Um, I have a tendency, if I see a girl with a pumpkin, drinking her pumpkin spice latte, I immediately enter into a judgment zone of like, wow, I can't believe you just posted this. This is so embarrassing for you. When in reality, I'm a hoe for fall. I am a hoe. I mean, I haven't had a PSL this <laughs> this season, but I have had um, actually a new drink that I am very much enjoying, which is iced dirty chai with oat milk and then pumpkin cream cold foam. You guys, this is, especially in that like early fall September where it's like climate change and it's still 80 degrees, but you want a fall drink, it's perfect. I have to give credit where credit's due on that. Maya McNeil, um, my good friend from uh, from high school who is now an iconic Instagram influencer. And she uh, recommended that drink. And so I had to give her props to that. And yeah, it's like, I see this person, I'm not even th- thinking of anyone in particular, but like, you know, it's fall, everybody's posing with their pumpkins. And I'm like, you are embarrassing. <laughs> And I have to constantly check that because as soon as you do that, as soon as there's a judgment involved, you are suggesting to the universe that that person is outside of you. You are suggesting that um, you and that person are not inextricably interconnected in this ecosystem of unity that we are on earth. And so if I truly believe in unity consciousness, the judgment and comparison are things that actively impede our ability to live and and actually be in unity consciousness. So um, I'm going to get into that a little bit later, ways to um, stop doing that or just like start noticing um, and observing. We're going to get into it, but it's not it's not a bad thing. You're not a bad person for judging someone, um, but it is something to be aware of. And like uh, it's also this knowledge that when you judge others, you judge yourself. That's just a fact. Every single time I've been in judgment of someone else, it makes me feel like absolute garbage because it's it's a judgment of self and it's it it gives yourself license to use the same weaponry against yourself as you use against others. It's it's the classic, you know, hurt people, hurt people, you know, bullies are usually the ones who have been bullied. And I am a prime example of that. When I was younger, I used to be a fucking bully. I was mean. I didn't really realize I was mean. Um until much later, (laughs) but I was, and, uh, I had this, I have had a very, very intense inner critic in my head for almost my whole life. Um, and so these are things that when they're, when they exist within us, they get projected out of us. And so when you know, when you, when you have the knowledge that everything is a mirror, it is much easier to recognize when you're being in judgment and to kind of try to curb that or try to, you know, work with what you're, what your trigger was and move through it. Okay. Second feature of the game that was took forever. This is like sort of the same thing. Everything that happens on the micro level is happening on the macro level. Everything that's happening on the macro level happens on a micro level. This is the hologram. This is the way that this thing is designed. It's a Russian doll. It, it is, um, the I think the code within this is that when you change yourself, you change the world. And it's be the change. It's Gandhi. Was that Gandhi? Oh, my God. If it wasn't, that's going to be really embarrassing. Um, it's fine, though. It's fine. I'll check after. I think it's Gandhi. Isn't that like a very well-known quote, like be the change? 
Okay, that's funny because this meme says not Gandhi. Joseph Ranseth? Gandhi didn't say. I don't know. I don't know if this can be trusted. It's a meme on the internet. Gandhi didn't ever actually say this. Oh my gosh, my world has been turned upside down by this information. Okay, well, it's do it anyway, even if Gandhi didn't say it. <laughs> be the change, okay? So the way that we reprogram the earth is, frankly, I'm so sorry, is not through legislation. Oh my gosh, just absolutely blew your mind. I mean, do whatever you want. I think there's probably a role that that plays, but um, it really is about being the change. When you when you embody what you want to see, you're, you are reprogramming this grid, okay? We live on a grid. I don't really know how to talk about that. I want to get my sister Erin on this podcast. Maybe we can talk about... I want to talk about the eclipse season, which we're currently in. The eclipse on November 19th, apparently, uh, is going to be pretty intense. I'd like to talk to her about that. Because also, yeah, the planets do interact with us, okay? So the micro and the macro are constantly interfacing, and uh, it makes sense, right? Like, doesn't it kind of make sense? The fact that we, for so long, like, I just fully, did, like, thought that this was not an intelligently designed um, universe. I just thought we just kind of existed here and there was no reason behind it or there was no intention in, in the, in the absolutely intricate design of this world. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it is that. So, um, how do I want to give like a concrete example? Um, hmm. I'm also literally burning a pumpkin candle right now. I just sort of to circle back on that. Um, yeah, it's ooh, that judgment of self strong today. I don't know. I feel like the micro and macro thing is sort of self-explanatory. It's like this is why symbolism is so helpful. And, you know, having uh, things that represent other things because like the example that keeps coming to mind is climate change and like the way that climate change is a macro level representation of our society's um attitude towards women towards the feminine um and yeah women being just like the fe the feminine i guess this isn't really about gender i don't want to talk about it i don't want to talk about gender cuz it's like too complicated right now to even address but you know in in like spiritual teachings i think there's this concept of the masculine and the feminine and this there is duality in that um and i think you know the binary that we have we have affixed all of this meaning onto and all of this fucking prescribed ideas of who we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to be and all this bullshit is completely divorced from um just the just like the natural ideas of the masculine and the feminine and like these energies that exist that are not even related to like our physical gender anyway I don't even if gender is a fucking construct it's fine I don't want to talk about it but basically like something that I think about from the macro perspective is like climate change and the way that these masculine these toxically masculine imbalanced patriarchal systems have just decided that the feminine is theirs to own, to co-opt, to leech, and um, to, to, to sort of be energy vampires of. And the way that our energy systems, literally energy systems, are operated is through the destruction of this, this feminine being, this mother earth energy. And so that's, this is like a macro level manifestation of something that we also see as, you know, for example, me as a woman, I see whenever, you know, um, a man wants to exercise control over my body. Um, we all know what's going on right now with state courts in this country, um, in countries around the world, there is a mad power grab and the, and the, the war is being waged on women's bodies on the bodies of people who become pregnant who can become pregnant so this is something this this patriarchal uh urge to control the feminine is something that we can see on a micro level 
in our everyday lives, you all probably have some person, if you're, if you're, if you're a feminine, if you identify as a feminine, you probably have had some person try to strip you of your autonomous sovereignty, of your, of your right to control your body. Um, and, and we're seeing that on the macro level. We're seeing that with the way that we interact with, with our environment. So that's all I kind of want to say on that. Sorry, that was really like long-winded and annoying. Um, okay. The third feature of the game, this one's gonna, this one's, you guys, this is just take, take it with a grain of salt, whatever. If you don't think this, then don't agree with it. You don't have to agree with it. All perspectives exist. All perspectives exist. Everything is perspective. So have you ever encountered someone with a perspective that you don't agree with and you decide that it's your job to prove them wrong? Have you ever noticed how that's the fucking biggest waste of time you've ever done? Sorry, I'm getting, I'm getting heated. Perspectives exist. They just exist. They don't have to be true to you. They don't have to be true for you. Um, what's not going to work is you attempting to make this person feel like a fucking idiot for believing what they believe. And that's their prerogative to believe that the earth is flat or whatever the fuck. If someone encounters me and they want to talk about how the earth is flat, I'm approaching them with a level of curiosity and a playfulness because it's, I understand that that's their perspective. I don't have to agree with them. We do not have to see eye to eye. I think the Trump thing not to bring him into this, but like, I think that was a big like level up for us as a society because we have been forced to um, interface with people who who just don't see things the way that we see them, who, who exist. Okay, so I was talking to my mom. Um, I was talking to my mom about this the other day and I, I basically like, we were, we were standing across from across the table from one another and I put a coffee cup down and I was like look at this coffee cup I am looking at this side of the coffee cup I'm just experiencing this side of the coffee cup I see it and I'm just telling you that it exists I'm just expressing that this side of the coffee cup is something I'm looking at now you from the other side of the table you see the other side of the coffee cup I personally don't see that right now but I understand that it is a coffee cup. It is a three-dimensional object. Therefore, it has multiple sides and dimensions to it. So I can understand that although I don't see that side of the coffee cup, that side of the coffee cup exists. And me, no amount of me saying that side of the coffee cup doesn't exist is going to make it disappear. No amount of me trying to contradict that person by saying, well, look at this side, though. Look at this side. Look at this side. We can all decide if we want to look or not. But ultimately, the coffee cup exists and all elements, all of the molecules within it exist and they cannot be denied. Okay. Does that make any sense? <laughs> I think uh, we got to stop fighting, dude. Like, it's not going to work this way. I hate the fucking discourse. I can't even go on Twitter anymore because it's so infuriating. Like... It's just, it's not even, it's not even infuriating. It's just like so much noise. And I think that we, I tend to, um, I'll speak for myself. I tend to see things and I'm like, oh my God, okay, shit. I, I have to qualify everything I say now because um, it might be mis it might be interpreted by this person that I'm saying this. I, I mean, people are going to hear that all perspectives exist and they're going to be like, so you believe in anti-vax? And I'm like, I believe that some people are anti-vax. Yeah, I do. I believe that some people are anti-vax. I don't even know why the fuck I use that analogy because it's going to piss people off. But like, it's not my fucking job to convince people to not be anti-vax. If they want to be anti-vax, that's their prerogative. And frankly, there's elements of it that I understand. Like, I don't, I, I, I feel like we just have these tendencies to like get triggered by someone else's perspective rather than just being like, yeah, that exists and moving on with our fucking lives. And I'm, yeah, obviously the situation right now is dire, but I feel like the more that we try to fight each other on this, like that's what they want, right? Like this is what they've always wanted is for us to be fucking divided. It's stupid. Just let your family members be conservative assholes. 
<laughs> Let your parents absolutely watch Fox News. Um, <laughs> look, it is infuriating if you if you choose to direct your energy towards that, um, which actually this it leads well into um, the next feature of the game. Where your attention goes, the energy flows. Now, this is just a classic yogaism. Um, recently started doing yoga, so I'm obviously an expert now. Uh, <laughs> this is also like sort of, I think, the ele- the um, the foundational idea of the secret. It's like the power of positive thinking or whatever. But it's not even positive thinking. It's it's just whatever your energy is directed towards is what is going to be manifested in your life. So, for example, if you are constantly debating with people on the internet, your life is going to be full of perspectives that don't even align with you and who you are. And you're going to be constantly living in reaction to these other people who, frankly, you probably don't even know them. That's what's crazy. I mean, yeah, maybe you're on Facebook debating with your fucking idiot aunt. Like, just let your aunt be a fucking idiot. Just let your aunt talk about like how rape culture isn't real or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what ants are talking about these days. What are ants even talking about? Why do we care what our ants think? Just let your aunt be your fucking aunt. Just let her be. I think there was, okay, here's, here's the, the thing. I think there, I think that as humans, we have, we want the people that we love to align with us in a way we 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 crave that i mean i feel that dude i feel that so hard both of my parents are extremely conservative my family is full of of conservative republicans and it sucks it's really fucking hard but what makes it harder is this idea that we think that we can control them and that we think that um, if we just talk to them, if we just reason with them and like, especially when I think, I think the difference is like, you have to be engaging with people who, am I sitting too close to the mic? I feel like I'm yelling. Um, you have to be engaging with people who, who are coming to you in good faith. Um, you, it, it can't be someone who's brainwashed. It can't be someone who has been hijacked by Fox news. It cannot be someone who has been hijacked by their own, Uh, fears, programming, who has done no work on themselves, like these, you know, there are certain people who are too far gone, I think. And, you know, to the extent that having conversations is helpful, I think, you know, we can have the conversations, but it also subjects you, frankly, to a lot of uh, shit that then you have to be transmuting constantly, and it's a lot of energy. So I don't know, I, I haven't figured out where I stand on that. I mean, I've done a lot of fucking work with especially with my my parents um trying to you know see their perspective meet them where they are and have a conversation but it's it these conversations don't happen in good faith and so it becomes just like an energy suck honestly <clears throat> and so the question the question that i've been confronted with is like do i want to be spending so much time and energy trying to control things that i can't control or do I want to be more of a creator and and be less reactive and be more of a active creator of my life where I'm not constantly responding to someone's, um, you know, what's that word? Um, inflammatory, someone's like inflammatory rhetoric. You know, I think the the systems of media that we have right now, it's obvious the the reports are out. The evidence exists that... These platforms fuel are fueled by rage. They are fueled by inflammatory content. And so the more that you the the more inflammatory you go, the more that it gets reshared or reposted and then it's interacted with. And it's like you're just constantly reacting to this this bullshit that isn't even that isn't even real and it's not even part of you. So what am I saying? Um, basically, yeah, where your attention goes, energy flows. It's classic. It's that's a classic. Um, so this the way that also I think people forget is that like uh, this happens whether or not your energy is positive or negative, quote unquote. 
um that duality that binary is sort of hard again language is hard to talk about but let's just say for let's just say um for argument's sake that you hate your job and that you're constantly talking about how much you hate your job this energy just is getting reinforced now so now you hate your job even more because you're constantly talking about how you hate your job attention where attention goes energy flows so attention is currency so I'm not here to tell you how to use your attention. I'm not here to say that any one of your addictions is bad or wrong. I don't even think they're, they're just neutral. Everything's neutral. Um, but I will say, like, I'll, I'll speak for myself. I had a period of time where I hated my job. And I spent all of the time that I had outside of work... I spent complaining about work <laughs> and, and the job, the, the, my, my ongoing vitriol for this job was reinforced and I was enslaved to the, my negative energy towards the job. My negative energy towards the job was fueling more negative energy around the job until it became this giant thing that I could not sustain anymore because it was taking over my existence, where your attention goes, energy flows. This is why Trump won, because he learned that attention is all that matters, really, when it comes to <laughs> hacking democracy. Uh, it's an attention game. It's a numbers game. It's a ratings game. So what did he do? He manipulated the media. The media obviously fell for it because it's they are capitalist enterprises that are looking to attract the optimal number of viewers and they knew that he attracted them that's what they did that's what he did he was very good at that why because he's funny can we admit that trump was funny now is is that okay to say i mean at least until he launches his next campaign and then i'll stop saying he's funny but he was he was pretty funny um he knew how to crack a joke that guy i wonder how he's doing um <laughs> Just kidding. I, I'm not a Trump supporter. Please, please don't. Please just don't fuck with me. I think I'm done talking about this. The last feature of the game that I want to talk about is that you are responsible for your own reality. This was something that took a long time for me to understand um, because I was so bogged down in trauma. And my favorite activity, my favorite hobby was actually blaming other people for my problems. And so I had to let that go. And it was very sad to let go of my old pastime of blaming other people for my problems. But it's disempowering. You realize that, right? It's disempowering um, to say that anyone outside of you is in control of your reality, is in control of your emotional landscape. Not to say that people don't trigger you, but your triggers are yours. And, you know, I got to say... I, I think being respectful is always a good thing, but I wonder like at what point people are going to realize that their triggers are their own. And, um, you know, we can't always be constantly insulated from the things that make us uncomfortable. And really is, is life just about trying to hide from things that make us uncomfortable? Is that really what the point of this all is? I don't know, sometimes I sound like a fucking, like, Milo Yiannopoulos person, and I don't want to, that was a name that just came out of nowhere, um, I don't want to be that way, but I, it's like this fine line, it's this, I, I see all sides of everything, so um, that's hard sometimes, um, but we're creators of our own reality, we are the gods of our own reality, we are the masters of our game, we decide every day, if you hate your job, you're deciding to go there every single day, you know, in Squid Game, <laughs> when at first they didn't really know what they were getting themselves into and then they collectively decided to end the game and they did that i haven't finished oh my gosh don't tell me the ending um but then when they came back they knew exactly what they were doing they knew exactly what they were getting themselves into and this is a good lesson i think for all of us it was that that moment where they are all back in the car and the gas turns on and they all just sort of succumb to uh, this thing they they're expecting it now they're they're aware of it now 
Um, I don't really know how that relates, but it's <laughs> just kind of giving random examples of things for no apparent reason and no connection to the topic at hand. Um, what do I want to say about this? I think that the biggest thing that prevents us from taking control and, and taking responsibility for our own realities is fear. I had a big uh, boss battle with fear at the end of 2019, which is when I decided to quit my job and pursue a creative path. Um, I was terrified. I was also faced with a different job that was going to pay me a lot of money and be very cushy and um, give me all of these, all of this kind of cachet. But the part of me that wanted that was a fear-based energy. It was a fear, it was a fear energy within me. And I, I've noticed the way that fear comes up when you take control and when you take your power back. And I think this also connects for me back to um, the deifying, the, the, there's two sort of, there's two ways that you can that you can uh, disempower yourself by giving your power away to others. You can create an enemy out of someone or something or some situation, or you can deify. Um, I lately have been in this deifying zone where I have been giving all of my power to this like idea, uh, this like not, it's like not even a person, it's like an idea. Um, And I think it's because sometimes I am afraid of my own power. I'm afraid of my gifts. I am afraid of misusing them or not knowing what to do with them. And I'm afraid of how strong they are and how kind of um, how big it's going to be. You know, it's it's it can be it can be terrifying. It can it can be scary because when we find out that all of our power exists within us, also it it forces us to reckon with all the ways that we have um not embodied that and that can be in itself a process of of healing from healing from the ways that we have self-sabotaged um because we've been living out of fear of our own of our own power and actually taking taking that power and and using it to to manifest into reality the things that we want um so yeah you're responsible for your reality that means that um what else does it mean i try not to blame other people for my feelings anymore I used to blame people a lot. Like I mentioned, it was my favorite thing to do. I mean, I still do it sometimes. Like I think with uh with the the pace of life, the busyness of my life, I have felt a sense of I don't even want to say this because I don't want people to think that this is about them, but I have felt this sense of resentment around how booked I am and how um many weekends I've been traveling and just been doing stuff and feeling like I'm being you know having to be there for people which I am famously not very good at doing because I'm a selfish person but I've noticed the ways that I've just been blaming I've honestly been blaming like the wedding industrial complex (laughs) uh when really it's like I I'm choosing to be there for them I'm choosing to celebrate my friends who are getting married I am choosing to attend these events and at any point I can just say I'm not going to that I'm not attending this event for myself, for my mental health, for for whatever I need. But the reality is, I'm not going to not go to my sister's bachelorette party. Like, I, I'm going because I, I want to celebrate her because I love her. And this is not about uh, me. This is not about my feelings. My feelings are my feelings and I can have them, but they are not to blame. No one is to blame. No thing is to blame. It's not even about blame. It's just about having your feelings and honoring them and, and continuing to do the actions that you feel are in alignment with, with yourself. Okay. Is any of this even coherent? Nope, definitely not. Um, all right. Hacks for the game. So we're done with the features of the game. Now we're going to go to hacks of the game. These are just a couple of hacks, cheat codes, in uh, playing the game, okay? Just listen to Jessa Reed's podcast. It's actually better than this. So much better. It's it's like light years ahead of me. That's fine though. These are a couple of things that have helped me recently or that I'm trying to use. And so again, 
Uh, I'm talking to myself as much as I am to anyone listening to this. Just FYI, maybe you are, maybe you do all these things already. And in that case, I don't know why the fuck you're listening to this. Um, turn it off, please. Okay. Number one, judgment and comparison are red flags, especially when worth and morality is involved. So when you are making a moral judgment on someone based on some action that they took, uh, something that, okay, I'm just going to be real and honest right now because this is a problem that I have and I'm trying to deal with it. Um, do I even want to say this? This is like, this is like inflammatory. Um, okay. I can find myself in judgment of others when I see a friend of mine going on, uh, engaging with a man who isn't treating them well. Um, okay. (laughs) People are going to be like, is this about me? This is just something I've noticed like over time. I can find myself in judgment of someone of usually like a woman who is with someone who I don't think is right for them. And it's like, I know best and like, I know all the answers and I know that they are bad and that they're going to have this, you know, come to Jesus moment and they're going to finally realize that he's bad or whatever. So fucking stupid. Um, It's a judgment. And it's a judgment I'm making on the person. I'm I'm sort of internally saying that like they're stupid or something um, where worth or morality is involved where I, th- I'm making like a moral judgment that they are making like a wrong choice rather than just letting them live their fucking lives. And if they're happy, whatever, and if they're not, they'll deal with it and it's fine. I think this relates to something else that I want to talk about, um, in a second, but yeah, judgment and comparison are red flags. Comparison is another big one. I've noticed that coming up a lot, um, in stand up of doing stand-up because you go to these mics and like you see you know 20 people do a set and I'm constantly trying to compare myself to them and figure out how I fit in with this community and like who I who who am I what is my voice what is my tone and I think like part of that's just a natural like way of um cultivating a, a style which I think there's like a healthy amount of that but if you're comparing yourself unfavorably to someone else or comparing yourself favorably to someone else, you're assuming that they're outside of you. And so when in reality, like, yeah, it's, these are things that I think we, we exist in the illusion of separation. Okay. The game of earth is about the illusion of separation. So we all came down here as though we are different people when we are actually all part of one ecosystem. Okay. Everyone's like, shut the fuck up. Yes, I get it. I'll stop. Okay, here's this is a really big one. And you already know about it. So this is just review for everyone. Become the observer of your experience. Become the observer of especially of your emotional experience. Okay, it's mindfulness. We all know. We've all been bombarded with the fucking calm app ads. Whatever it is you have to do. Whatever it is that helps you stay mindful. Saying mindful meaning being in the seat of observation. You are at the laptop. You are at the computer playing the game. You are witnessing the sim experience grief, experience joy, experience hunger, whatever it is. You are witnessing the sim experience that. And yes, you are also feeling it. So it's a visceral experience. It's also a higher dimensional experience. And so the more that we can embody our higher dimensional self, the more that we can cultivate a connection between the player and the sim it helps it helps just you be balanced in this game it helps you to be less reactive and more proactive in your life so what helps with this meditation meditation is the way to access this it's just you meditate for 30 minutes and you're automatic you're like within your higher self it's just it's just what happens whatever it is however it you do it i mean some people i think through like maybe running or like there's many meditative activities. Um, Something I like to do is like listen to a podcast, you know, not unlike this one and do a puzzle um, because I feel like the, the 
I don't know, for some reason, like the synapses in my brain just like seem to work really well. And I'm able to come into understanding of a lot of downloads and stuff um, as I'm listening and then beyond. So, uh, yes, become the observer of your emotional experience, mindfulness, meditation. Just do it. Number three, hacks for the game. Beware the external enemy. I would add to that, beware the external God. Beware the false God. These are, okay, so external enemy is a, is a concept that Jessa Reed talks about. Again, I'm just doing bad Jessa Reed cosplay. At this point, uh, this episode, it's like either a person, it's a, it could be a job, it could be anything in your life that you are pointing to and saying that that is the reason for your misfortune or that is the reason for your bad mood or whatever. You're giving your power away. And it's funny, like we can villainize or deify, but it's the same energy. Um, it's always about giving someone else power. Um, so right now, like I mentioned, I'm in this like, it, I've been dealing with this external false god that I've created um, that I, it made me feel very uncomfortable that I was, um, that I was truly believing that this person was superior to me and had, and and just like, you know, when someone has something that you want, it's like you think that if you just like gain their approval, then then suddenly you will be as good as them or something. It's it's like a worth, it's like a self-worth issue, which it's funny, like on this healing journey, I feel like I had this moment where, like I mentioned in Syllabus Week that in 2019, I learned, I, I whoo, talking too fast, care. In 2019, I learned that I didn't love myself and I and I talk about that a lot um, because it was a big part of my journey and I think recently I have I've been reckoning with like the you know the healing of this as a spiral and not as like something that you reach the end of ever and so I've been frustrated with myself when I feel feelings of low self-worth low self-esteem and and almost like uh yeah lack of self-love or self self-loathing sort of uh I don't really feel like I enter into self-loathing too much as much anymore but um the low self-worth and the the kind of tendency to make someone else's opinion about me more important than my own opinion uh it can be very frustrating I guess to kind of be back in a, an old cycle but the process of healing is literally just conquering the same shit over and over in different forms and in different dimensions and different aspects of that. So I am aware now when I'm in these moments that I I am making a false god. Whereas years ago, if I were in this situation, I would never have even noticed or known that. I never would have even considered it a like a flag. I would never have I would never have addressed it or talked about it. Um, except for to talk about how that they are amazing and that they are my god. Um so, yeah, progress Progress is the name of the game, not perfection. So whenever you have an external enemy, you're going to, what's going to happen is that you're going to have it. You're not going to notice it for a while. And then you're going to have a moment of being slapped awake and being like, oh shit, fuck. I didn't mean to do that. Um, so let me know what your external enemy situation is right now or external false god. I would love to talk to you about it. I think that would be fun. Okay, a couple more hacks and then I'm going to be done with this. This sort of relates to the judgment and comparison thing. Play your own game. Don't try to play other people's games. Play your game, okay? So comparing, I have, uh, I used to have an English teacher in high school who would always say, comparisons are odious, but, and then she would compare something, um, but comparisons are odious. Like, I truly believe this. I think they're useless um, most of the time. Play your own game. You are you for a reason. You're not them for a reason. I am not Harry Styles because Harry Styles was supposed to be Harry Styles. And that sucks sometimes because yeah, it would be cool to be him. I feel like he's actualized himself in a way that is so gorgeous. And he's just the magnet for like the love that he puts out into the world. Like he's such an amazing example of 
um, <laughs> of just like being embodied, I feel like. I mean, I don't know the guy, but he seems great. But it's like, yeah, sometimes I used to I used to do this thing where when I was younger, where I would find like the popular person in a group and I would just try to model myself after them. I would try to be them. I would literally wake up in the morning and be like, how can I be more like that person rather than saying, how can I be how can I be my most authentic self today? Play your own game. It's a waste of time trying to be someone else. This is just I mean, this is just a, a word of wisdom. All right, and the last thing I have, I don't know why this came to me, but treat yourself like a dog. <laughs> this might be wrong. I think we need to talk about the dog situation in America. I think we need to talk about the dog situation right now because some of you guys, I'm going to be honest, some of you guys treat your dogs better than you treat yourself. And I don't stand for that shit. Not saying that your dogs don't deserve love. Your dogs are beautiful and amazing, and I love them too. But I also love you, and I think that you deserve at least as much love that you give your dog. I feel like some of you guys now are like acting as though your dog is like your life source, and uh, it's got to stop. I feel <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble. This is what's going to cancel me once and for all. Okay, but here's things that you give your dog. Think about things you give your dog. Healthy food, enough water, um, walks around. Space to play, space to run around, space to rest. All of these things are things that you need. So the more that we can treat ourselves like a dog, I think a dog that you love, um, you know, not a dog that you're like kicking around, obviously. If you're like an actively bad person, I don't mean this for you. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, it can be for you if you want, but don't kick your dog. I think I sometimes when I'm disembodied or when I'm asleep, I can forget about like the basic um, foundation of my life, you know, like physical movement, eating well, treating my body with respect, treating my mind with respect, uh, making space for creative play and creative outlet. Um, all of these things are super, super important to maintaining like a healthy, balanced body, mind, and soul, I guess, in this game. And the more that we can do this, the more that we can like lean into these sort of basic self-care things. And I know this is fucking buzzword and like everyone's like, you're face masks and shit. Yeah, whatever the fuck you want. It, it doesn't matter. It's, it's an art form. So it's whatever it means to you. So self-care isn't about like any one prescribed thing. Do these five things and you'll be good. I think it, it's different for everyone. And so find out what works for you. I, li I was listening to um, someone on Instagram talking about how all of the all of these tools at our disposal are like foreplay and you get to decide what works for you. And so maybe it's listening to a podcast. Maybe it's making time every day for a walk in the park. Maybe it's these are things that I do. Um, Maybe it's like um, cooking or having friends over and making time to socialize. It's maybe it's writing, uh, journaling or what it's, it's like there are so many things. There's like infinite numbers of things you can do, um, but you, it requires a baseline level of caring about yourself at least as much as you care about your dog. So with that, I think I'm done. I'm uh, feeling like that was a fucking shit show, but it feels at least a little bit better than the last couple of recordings I tried to do yesterday. So we'll see. Um, I'm sorry if this was preachy and annoying. I feel like I'm going to be listening back to this and wanting to delete everything. But um, ultimately, I've been getting a lot of questions about when the next episode's coming out, and I knew I had to do this one. So hopefully it was okay. Um, you can reach out to me. I would love to hear from you. I am, I'm Carrie Keys on Instagram and Twitter. You probably have my number if you're listening to this. Um, yeah, I love you. I hope you're doing well and um, I'll see you soon. Bye.